You're here with Remy from Pastoral Formation, Diocese of Parramatta. Today on the Soul Food Podcast, we're throwing back to one of our treasured episodes from our archives. Produced under the name Questions Over the Table, this throwback features conversation inspired by one life and faith question from someone in their mid-20s to 40s. I'm Donny Velasco and you're here with the Faith Feed Network. The Faith Feed is an initiative of the Catholic community in Greater Western Sydney, produced by the Institute for Mission, Diocese of Parramatta. To find out more, visit thefaithfeedparramatta.com.au. In the Faith Feed Network, we explore conversations about life, faith and action in the world for those aged around mid-20s to 40s. We believe in facilitating this space where all are welcome, where questions are honored, and where human stories reveal our personal connection with the divine. Thanks for joining us today on the Fade Feed podcast. Today's segment is called Questions Over the Table. Here with us today are our regulars, Kim Chong and Francis O'Callaghan. Kim works in interreligious dialogue and Francis works as part of an education team for faith and human development. Great to have you on the segment, guys. Hi, Donnie. Hi, Francis. It's really nice to be here today. G'day, Kim. G'day, Donnie. Once again, always a pleasure. Awesome. In this segment, Francis, Kim and I will be drawing inspiration from adults around the mid-20s to 40s. These people would, on average, identify among those who attend church once a year at Christmas, and many of whom share the common language of mortgage and rent, career growth and change, starting families, dating or happily single. We've had the opportunity to ask them to share some of their questions of life and faith in this current season of their life. Having collected their questions anonymously, in this segment, Kim Francis and I will draw out their responses from a jar here and allow those questions to connect with us, move us and prompt our conversation today. In fact, if there's any point in this conversation that inspires a bit of your own curiosity and questions, we invite you to get in touch with us via our email that can be found in the description. And before we draw from the jar, we're just going to do what we usually do in all our segments, just to ask each other on a recent or um, uh, uh, a memory from a long time ago uh, where food was shared and that made an impression on us. My daughter is, um, we, we, like she's, she was two months premature. Yeah. And all of the kind of ensuing kind of things that don't quite run smoothly mm. um we could never we were going to doctors finding out what was wrong mm. and we eventually decided to just try cutting out gluten mm-hmm. and mm. her tummy kind of disappeared right. and she was she didn't realize that she'd been in pain for a really right. long time because oh. she was this just when she's puppy. um no no now, now this now. is this okay. was like the last this three, three eldest, months this or? is my third i didn't quite realize how much of an impact it had on her um than the time i put the wrong snack in her um lunchbox yeah and she goes dad's forgotten that i'm oh, gluten free he doesn't really, really care about me anymore really and, I, and i and i went no no, no, no sorry there's lots of bags there's yeah, lo- yeah, they're all yeah. they all look the same uh, yeah and yeah. so but that but that sense of us making that change as a family was really cool mm. because um she felt really isolated she just whenever we eat together you know we ended up just going all right well we're just going to use gluten-free flour for this we're mm. going to use we're going to stop having this type of food because mm. it doesn't work that way yeah. 
I think we, we, we took took advantage or took for granted how mm. um, how easy it is for us to just to kind of whatever you want. yeah. But we realised how often we were then started thinking about each other. Yeah, yeah. Really mindful yeah, about yeah. it. Hey, mm. Yeah. Mm. We might draw from the jar now. Um, and who'd like to do the honours? I forget who did it last time. <coughs> I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Easy. And Francis, just for our listeners, um, if you could read out the question that we've mm. drawn from the jar. Absolutely. I want the church to be vibrant, alive and full of the spirit. But where do I start? So an easy one to start. Yeah, that's good. A <laughs> <laughs> multi-layered question. <laughs> I mean, we need to keep in mind that this is possibly a person who's not a regular attendee of church. Is yeah. that yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say falls it in that, that average. Um, yeah. Just given... Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. of the context for sure, for sure. Just from the the, um, the little I know of the, the context that we, we drew this from, this was supplied by mm. um, a contact of ours and uh, basically um, there's something called sacraments programs mm. where you do them through mm-hmm. a, a church community mm-hmm. and um, it's anyone who's welcome who's asked on, on being able to access those sacraments and mm-hmm. those programs, mm-hmm. uh, they were that particular crowd um, that that asks this question. So So they've not necessarily gone through the education Catholic education yeah, system that's where, right. where that's you right. receive those sacraments. Yeah, yeah. Year three right. and year five. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's interesting that um I, I've spent most of my life when I think when I hear the word church, mm. I think of the institution or the building or the, mm. the hierarchy. Mm. Um, and so when, when I, I see something like this and I say, I want the church to be vibrant, alive and full of the spirit, um, I wonder whether or not they're asking if, you know, the, the, some, the thing that they're seeing mm-hmm. and the thing that they're experiencing um, through structures and through events and so on, is it about... As, as you say, you've got these people who are going through these sacramental programs that they're not necessarily feeling are vibrant and alive. Right. Or are they talking in general terms about suggesting that um, Catholics tend not to be vibrant and, and full of joy and alive? Yeah. Um, yep. Or is it about the fact that <clears throat> probably my third, my third question would be when we think about our leadership or the hierarchy of the church, yep. um, the the often association is that it's old it's slow to change it's it's traditional in the in the kind of worst sense of the word um and so it's not relevant and engaging for the life of of people who are who are seeking some form of spirituality yeah it doesn't speak to them on that level um and i think that 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 if if it's if it's if it's that third part i think you know, we're, it's a hard sell for someone outside of that to start. Yep. Um, but yep. I think that if it's one of the, one of the other elements, I, I imagine my first piece of advice would to stop thinking that you are not the church, hmm. and stop describing yourself as separate to the church. Yeah. Um, and that's been a that's been a, a relatively new discovery for me, or, or at least a rediscovery that the church is the communion of the faithful. Right, yeah. The church is not simply something that happens to people. It mm. is a people. 
mm-hmm. and um, and and the embodiment of that is starts on day one with self. Yes. Yeah. I think um, just the way that you you piecemealed that that word um, or the meaning of church. Um, so you mentioned building or institution um, or the people, uh, which is what you honed in on, or um, the leadership structure um, that, that is the church. What exactly is this person this person tapping when they ask the question um, or they preface in the question that they want the church to be such and such? Um, and Kim, I, I think just when you mentioned that this person asking the question kind of put themselves in on it, that mm. they're concerned about the impact that the church has. Obviously, they have a vested interest in it, whether mm. they are participating or not. Mm. They, they want it to mean something, um, for better or worse, um, whether that's um, malicious or aspirational. They're saying that, you know, I, I wish the church was um, and, it, and that it transforms in, in some way. Uh, in hearing that, I think that, that just brought me back to how I've, um, uh, how I've, how I've come to understand church uh, and I would say that there's three there's three categories you gave Francis are, are ones that I I feel like are are ones that I've used before as well like church as the building or church as the people um, or or church as, as um, uh, some would describe it as the um, uh, the passing of the faith uh, through through the bishops all the way back to Peter that that sort of thing the passing mm-hmm. on of of the tradition and holding um, integrity to that um, but yeah I think it's just really important for this person and, and for ourselves to to really um, name exactly what we mean when we say when we say church um, and, and what does that mean. But if I were to throw that that particular slice of the question to you, um, if you want to elaborate a bit more on what you said, Francis or Kim, to give a similar, different perspective, when you hear church, what do you mm. what comes to mind? Oh, look, I'm completely on board with Francis here. I really and I really think he articulated it in a beautiful way to suggest that. Um, church is the communion of, of people's faith. It's a sharing. Mm. Um, I just find the question really special in that this person is taking it on board. Like mm. They're clearly interested because they could sort of turn it on the church and say, look, you yeah. guys aren't vibrant enough for me or so, you know, you yeah. do, do more about it. But this person's saying, where do I start? I think that's a really yeah. um, in, indicative of, of their interest and the fact that they feel a sense of responsibility or want to respond to the church in a way that would help that spirit come alive. Um, mm. And I think when you have, when you said that phrase, communion of the faith, was that is that correct? Have I, have I articulated that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. yeah? That's um, not to sound like a like a like an academic, but that's um, it gets unpacked in um, Lumen Gentium. Um, as one of the Vatican II documents, it kind of categorizes mm. that being a real priority mm. uh, as the people of God, mm, mm. and it was uh, it's very very it was very exciting to to think because it was the first uh, again like that rediscovery. It was exciting to think that there was a a document that was you know sixty plus years old that um, mm. <laughs> that basically said the people are the church and we need mm. to yep. um, and. And to, to move away from the church as some object like it's like the institution or the building or the tradition, that's not to say you discount all of that, no, yeah. but to bring it back to this. Because when you say communion, that to me says relationship. Yeah. And then you said, and then, you know, in re- relation to this question, where do I start? You said it starts with the self. Mm. And I, I just, I, I'm, 
I can't disagree with that. I, I think it's completely... I think I'm sort of on the same page. I'm definitely on the same page with Francis with that. Yeah. So so it is a sense of communion and I think that does need to start with itself. And I think it is for this person who's asking this question because yeah. they're already saying, where do I start? Yeah, yeah. And I think there needs to sort of be an internal connection or, or a look within the self in terms of what what that vibrancy or, or what that aliveness and spirit mm. is for that person and, the, and, and where they connect in that and I think once they connect in that self they're then connecting with others mm -hmm. and I think yeah. that and then that's where the communion comes in it's in your relationship with mm. with others or with your church or with God mm. that 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 vibrancy or that spirit may emerge I don't think it's something that can be forced though yeah I, th yeah. I think it's a practice yeah. of some sort so maybe the question could also be where do I start? What is the practice, you know, in order to connect and have that communion with myself in order to then have that connection and communion with others yep. in our faith mm. and sharing in that faith? Yeah. And then what can emerge? What vi vibrancy or what vitality can emerge in those connections? Yeah. I love the way you put that, Kim, because I think one of the one of the things that I think that can be, as, as I was saying, it can be really daunting because you feel like you have this responsibility mm. for billions of people. Mm. Mm. Um, and what you've named is that the key is making sure that you, you know what it is you're seeking or trying to do. Yeah. And when it, comes to, when it comes to what success looks like, yeah. In the in the context of how you, I mean, and I think this person has actually. Where do I start? I start by being mm -hmm. vibrant, mm -hmm. alive, and full of the spirit. Yeah. I start that um, those three criteria um, are the way in which this person is is able to make a commitment to God. Mm -hmm. In in so far as they realise that they're not they're not required to make that commitment for anybody else mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but through their example and through their life and this is this is this is you know christology 101 mm -hmm. through embodying jesus's practice of being yep. these things yep. you you become attractive you become something yes. that that people Absolutely. want to emulate mm. and you mm. people will mimic that enthusiasm mm. that excitement mm. you find mm. yourself again we're constantly referring to the fact that this table chat that we have mm -hmm. is so n nourishing spiritually and personally for us because of the way that we kind of interact with each other mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and um, ask these questions or yeah. you know look at these questions together yep yeah, yeah but you don't in your daily life might mm. always be addressing because we're busy with Mortgages and rents, yeah, and yeah that's, right, that's right, that's and right, that's right. Jobs and all the yeah, rest of it. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. it's a, it's fortunate. Yeah. Francis, I love your comment about responsibility. Just the way you phrase that. Sometimes we or I can feel like um, just because I have a religious background or a um, personal aspiration that I'm therefore responsible for heaps of people or or billions of people or, or the world. Um, Myself not being a parent, I, I can't speak into that space. Um, but I would imagine that, no doubt, you know, people who have responsibility are rightfully thinking how they can be responsible in that in that mm -hmm. context. Just with the example you gave of your your daughter um, being uh, gluten free, the fact that you are being part of that responsible, mindful um, mm -hmm. uh, decision making in terms of what you eat as a family and what mm -hmm. she eats, I think that's that's necessary. But then there's that other level where ultimately um, 
we can't say we're responsible or I'm responsible for the human race. I think that's just... It's a, bit yes. of a, it's a yeah. relative yes. scale, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah. you're, kind of, yeah. you're, you're firstly responsible for making sure that you've got gluten-free bread <laughs> and then the other one is responsible for the, for the faith formation and development of all human kind. That, that's right, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in, in my life without intending it or maybe sometimes intending it, I've, I've swung between these kind of <laughs> pendulum swings. Um, one line that I found really helpful uh, that we've often quoted in... In this place um, is uh, one by a, a missiologist, so a, guy, a guy who, or a theologian who studies um, mission um, in the world. Um, and basically he said this phrase, something like, the church doesn't have a mission, the mission has a church. Mm. Um, and it was just a good qualifier to hear that um, the church, I belong to the Catholic church, um, that one turn of phrase is that, you know, the Catholic Church doesn't necessarily have a mission, but that God has the Catholic Church to do God's own mission. And I think it does, it, it would do us well, it would do me well to listen out for that and what shape um, that that takes. You mean like it would, it's like a vessel in order, in order yeah. to, through which to do the, the work? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the one that dictates the mission. Mm. It's one that receives it mm -hmm. because God is calling and mm. prompting and, mm. and drawing the church forth to, to be mm. that, mm -hmm. that extension of, mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose that's, for me anyway, I'm hearing uh, expressions like Teresa of Avila who says things like, you know, Christ has no hands and feet, um, but yours. I think she's speaking out of that space, recognizing that um, God is choosing people and the church as well as part of as part of humanity and people to be God's channel into the world. Well, I in just holding on to that mm. um, thought, I'd like to return to the term responsibility for a moment because I think the idea of responsibility it's quite a weighty term, yeah. and it's almost like you are carrying the weight of something in order to you know you you you're having to do yes, something yes. in order to fulfil some criteria yeah. that's then going to tick a box of yeah. some sort. I'm not sure if I'm describing it all that well, so feel free to chime in yeah. on it. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes when I look at the word responsibility, it can be very much an I need to do this in order to achieve this and to live up to some expectation of myself or the church or someone else or whatever it may be. But sometimes when I start to feel the weight of that, I think mm. of responsibility as a response. So what is your immediate response to a person in, in a, or the church or, or yourself in that moment? So to go back to Frances's um, example of her daughter going gluten-free mm. and what that's meant for him as a, as a dad and for his family is that, okay, there's a responsibility he has to his daughter mm. and, and her dietary needs. But in many ways, she, he's responding to Lily as she is Great. in those cool. moments when he makes those choices for her yeah, cool. and the family makes those choices for her yeah, yeah, on yeah. her behalf yeah. because they're seeing Lily as the whole person that she is. It's not just she's got a dietary yeah. requirement so we can fix this. It's part of that. But I think what Lily appreciates in that and perhaps... Um, when you know got a little upset when dad accidentally put something with gluten <laughs> yeah, in the lunchbox yeah. which is an easy mistake to make as a parent we do it all the time yeah. is that he f he didn't see her for a moment or he forgot about her for a moment yeah. and that happens that we're, we're humans mm -hmm. so I, I think sometimes this idea of responsibility and, and what, what where do I start you know to want the church more vibrant full of spirit I think sometimes you just need to think about what your response might be yeah. 
in 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 a moment of encounter right, 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 with right. with your church or with your community or with yourself yeah and and i think if that if that turns into a sense of responsibility where it's like, well, I need to, it gets a bit of dictatorial, yeah. like I need to do this for this to happen. You almost cut out God from the picture, right? You are. Yeah. And I think we yeah. need to find the God in the responsibility. And yeah. for me, that would be with the idea of a response in that mm. moment and, and take, a, you know, how we respond mm. to the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we kind of see ourselves, we don't necessarily see ourselves of a, as agents or advocates of that change at times mm. because we tend to, as a, as a community, as a faith community, we tend to, to be, feel like we're on the outside. This, this question actually put places, as you said, Kim, places the, the, the um, whoever asked this in the centre. But tr- in a traditional way, we tend to um, not feel that sense of we 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 are crushed by the guilt mm. or um mm. or we're divested of, of the authority mm. or responsibility to mm. to enact mm. any sort of change yeah. as as we were kind of as you were talking i had john mayer playing in my head uh, you know kind of waiting for the world to change someday yes. we'll be in charge yes, yes, but yes. now's not our time we're just going to keep on waiting mm. and i think that you know this question they're not alone in saying we need we're crying out this is i mean this is the voice in the wilderness right Mm. calling us to prepare saying something's not not going well enough Mm -hmm. um and bringing it back to family at, at a certain point um when you keep on saying is someone going to do the dishes is someone going to at a certain point you go all right let's put a roster together Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's give people agency. Let's give people responsibility that they are aware of, so that they know that they that they're part of this. Mm. Um, and I think that this really speaks to a desire for empowerment. Yep. yep. Um, of the of the individual to say, I, I I have a desire for our faith community. I have a desire for our church, mm-hmm. and and I I I want I want to feel that by expressing that desire, I'm going to be invited in. Yes. To to have a place. Yes. And that place is not token. That place is not nonsense. That place is not you know kind of well. Thank you very much. You can you can empty the garbage bins yep. for us, and you can set up the chairs for when when the real speakers come. That place is you have a voice, and and by your example, you 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 you're, you're seeking that responsibility. Mm. You're and and it doesn't. It's not oppressive. Because it's coupled with community, mm. mm-hmm. and um, and and your response to those to that community yeah. and yeah. yourself in that community. Yeah. I mean, to just give you one more example. So, um, as you know, I work in the field of interreligious dialogue, um, particularly between Christians and Muslims, and I have to remind myself um, when I'm building relationships with Muslim women mm-hmm. that I'm not. Um, how do I put this? Responsible for them, yeah. and responsible. Clearly, Islamophobia is a problem in Australia, and I'm here to um, help change that narrative mm-hmm. um, for people. And but I have to be careful that I don't, um, in my in my relationships with Muslim women, that I don't impose my own agenda in yeah. in wanting to help them or save them in some way. I'm here to just support them and be their mate. And and um, set an example and share a different kind of story of what my real life friendships and experiences are of people of other faiths. Mm-hmm. So um, 
in that sense, I have to be wary that I'm not, I'm not responsible for uh, Muslim women. They are more than capable to take care of themselves, trust me, they really are. How I respond to, to, um, to that is just to see them as they are and yes. who they are rather than come in like, yes. oh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Muslim lover and I'm going to, you know, make sure that you're okay. Yeah, but I think you both have spoken so powerfully into that distinction of response, not responsibility, mm -hmm. that you've um, made that, that clarification. Um, it reminded me of a story, again, from, from last weekend, actually. Uh, there's a fellow in, in my faith community who has um, relatively recently lost his wife. He's in his, um, he's in his 60s. And his wife was um, pretty much the, the backbone of the, the music ministry and the music community in the parish. Um, I remember my, my brother, when we first came to Australia, were feeling a bit displaced, migrants in the country, don't know where we belong. Um, and this lady who's not from our culture, so I'm Filipino, and she's um, of um, Australian Anglo background, she's the one who encouraged him to connect with, his, with the parish and you know, play some music. Um, and my brother took that on board, and that was part of, I think, what has been now 20-something years of belonging um, in this community. Um, but basically, I, I saw her husband on the weekend, um, and I had to nudge my wife. I'm like, is that, is that so-and-so? Is that... Is that him just to remember his name and you know we approached him and called him by his name and said hey how, how are you going um and in that moment he he wept um and i don't know i don't know why exactly he wept maybe it was because he was remembered by name um and then i began to to weep because i i also um felt the impact of um, his wife's um influence in my life as well um and i was thinking how can I say that this is my responsibility? <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. just responding to this guy mm -hmm. who feels connected as a, a brother in faith, even though we're of different ages, um, and we're just res responding to each other, that we're looking at each other. And Kim, what you said, that you can see the other, that you, you see mm -hmm. them um, mm -hmm. for who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what um, we're called to as, as church, that we see mm -hmm. and we delight and we sit in the mess of things with other people and we are communion together. I think that's, that's really, um, uh, for me anyway, what's speaking to me in, in this point of my life, that's church. Um, I, yeah. I think that was a beautiful example of, of, of this question. I yeah. think it's, uh, because I think in that moment and in that connection, that's where the vibrancy is yeah. and that's where the spirit is. Yeah. And I think if we can, you know, and like I said, you can't force those moments. They tend to happen. But I think if we can be awake to them, yes. and you start to be awake to yourself in that, yeah. you start to start to feel the vibrancy and that vitality For and sure. that communion of that church. So I think that's a beautiful definition yeah. to this question. Yeah, mm, yeah I, really, I really agree. I think, again, um, you've, you put it so beautifully, Kim, about being awake, um, but also not, not forcing Mm. Um, and I really think that's the work of the spirit. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as a as a as a faith community, we tend we we tend to ignore that dimension because we have we're con kind of even the even the best of us are kind of semi control freaks. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and I think that every every moment like that and every anecdote where we have these organic heart responses. Mm. 
I really feel like that's a presence to the spirit. Mm. And we tend to we tend to really struggle to embrace those moments. And so there are probably times in your life where you felt a heart a heart pull that you've suppressed because you kind of, I don't really know that person. I don't know. Is now the time? Is now the... Mm-hmm. Um, I remember mm-hmm. going to a, a funeral for a cousin who, um, who took his life. Mm. And... We, our family was estranged, relatively estranged, and so I didn't really know these guys. Like we had, we had this shared history, but I didn't feel like I knew them. And I was, I didn't want to be presumptuous. I didn't, but I felt this this desire, and I was so conflicted. And I think that in some cases we 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 are afraid to give in to that mm. um and i really feel like that's a, that's the holy spirit space yeah. and i think that that for me that was a really good example of how much i had felt a desire to control right. and to not be vulnerable yeah. um in a space where i could have i could have possibly um brought some 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 comfort and some healing or maybe maybe some healing um but something to that to that space that where I, it wasn't me it wasn't my desire to be the center of anyone's attention but it was my desire to to be a I suppose a response to the spirit calling me yeah. and I, I suppose coming back to that sense of um, full of the spirit that and and tying in that idea of response to mm. the spirit mm-hmm. um, we've got to start practicing Mm. that that those those heart moments mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we're we're so bad at them mm-hmm. um and you know w- w- it, it's it's one of the warmest and i mean again as you were describing that story with your your fellow parishioner mm. you feel i feel it like mm. i was starting to well up myself mm. in the way that you were telling that story mm. the little the little the those those moments that feel so authentic mm-hmm. they're the, that's that's what draws that vibrancy and as you said kim like you said again like i, I love the way you put it. it it all kind of it all kind of synthesizes together because we've we've actually recognized that we're not the masters of this destiny yes and yes. and we see ourselves as being as being these beautiful unique vessels of god's love yes um, and that don't force that love, but 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 act as conduits for our, for that kind of connection, for that communion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much, Kim. That was such yeah. a yeah. such a beautiful way of putting things. Yeah. Thank you for articulating it that way. That that was wonderful. In answer to this question, then that you know, where do I start? I mean, it sounds mm. like such a big ask of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I my last tidbit, I guess, would be try to be. Yeah. awake to the to the fact that the spirit is everywhere all of the time yes like yes, it's yes. it's the presence is always there and it's and there are moments where you tap into it and there are moments when you don't yes and and it, you, you you can't be tapped into it all the time it's just it's not humanly feasible yes, yes. Um, but I think if you can come to recognize those connections or that presence mm. a little bit more even in your daily life mm-hmm. um, you already are beginning to feel the spirit and aliveness of the church the faith feed celebrates stories of life faith and action in the world 
On our YouTube channel, you can find short and relevant videos of everyday people sharing insights into life and faith. If you're looking for a more immersive experience, we host periodic studio audience events. With live music and a bar cafe atmosphere, people from all walks of life come together to listen to select speakers sharing some of their personal journey in life and faith. Check the podcast description for more details. Is there anything that either of you have seen as unhelpful as a response to this question that we've had today? I think it's something along the ideas of just trying too hard and, and forcing things, forcing, okay, if I do this, this is going to make it vibrant. If I, I don't know, this might seem a flippant example. Um, I, the first thing that just comes to my head is if I go and light all these candles, it's going to be more spiritual or something along that, which it can be. I, I really like candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not very good. <laughs> like lighting candles yeah. really works for me. So yeah. maybe it's not a very good example. I'll light all these candles. No, wait, I, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's this, ex, it goes back to your initial, your very initial point, which was this return to the self mm, and that yes. communion of the faith, which needs to be within you in order to be with others. Mm-hmm. I, it's this idea that if we do anything external, that's going to show, make some sort of show that it's more vibrant or, or more, you know, or, or you know, has more vitality to it. I think eventually it's not going to be authentic. It's, mm-hmm. it is, it's possibly going to fall down. I think it can work to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is this idea of doing, you know, let's go and do this or let's go and do that. These very sort of uh, external examples of trying to make something that it might not be because in a way it's got to come through from yourself first. i guess so yeah yeah, yeah. or through your relationships with people with, yeah. with the church and with people of the church yeah but i th- also think like you've got, it's so personal mm. that what is special and meaningful for one person is not missing yeah. the mark for another yeah um, or, or what might help you in your practice in your spiritual practice to to reconnect or or try to get into that place, you know. And people talk about rituals. Ritual's really important for that, mm. yeah. and and that's where they have their place in order to try and um, come to that space, mm. that that space of vitality and aliveness. Mm. Um, yeah. um, but sorry, I think you're yeah, getting a bit more specific. I'm no, 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 stuck in the thinking of this is how we do. This is this has worked, so it will work. Right. Um, this is mm. how we do things, so so this is what we do. Mm. Yes. And then I mean, you end up you end up not really engaging in a dialogue of change with pe- the, with your stakeholders. Yep. So when you're a community, if you're a community, then you then you want to ask people what they want. Mm-hmm. One of the major elements of how the community of faith functions is that you you you, you take the spirit of the people that are that are that are with you mm-hmm. and and you you layer that through the tradition and the wisdom of the of the scriptures of 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 the of our church leaders of, of all of the people who have had a stake in this who who are, are are expressing their wisdom and and you say does this match or how how can it match as opposed to we we must do it this way because this is the way we've yes. always done it. Mm. Or let's throw all that out and do something completely unrelated and hope that it'll, that'll land. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's 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 errors in both of those ways of thinking, and I think in some cases when we think about vibrancy, um, there's a there's a there are people who really resonate with the the faith experience of 
of what we do now. Yes, yes. Um, and there are people who are, are completely disconnected from that. Mm. And so I think, and, and again, I think that one of the most beautiful opportunities that we have mm-hmm. is to recognise that God transcends our understanding. Yeah. And so it can't be one way. Mm. Yes. It cannot simply be one way. And if we, and as long as we, we as long as we think that there, that we're trying to achieve some form of finite goal, yep. we're probably going to fall short every time, yeah. and we've missed the we've missed the point of yeah. what we're doing. And and that's where I think in some cases you, I was struggling to understand the uniqueness of some of our cultural Catholic traditions. So with your Maronite tradition, mm. I was struggling to think about how that unifies us. But it unifies, it unifies us through its diversity. Yep, yep. Um, because we recognise the uniqueness of all of these people and the fact that they are beautiful in their difference. Mm. But they're also beautiful in, in what unites us. Mm-hmm. One of the mistakes we've had is trying to find the way. Yes. Um, yes, yes. And so, and, and, and oftentimes going, this is going to be a really great liturgy. And I did speak to three people who came up to me afterwards and said they really liked it. Therefore, everyone likes it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of, lot of conversations with people who are, are, are endorsing a very particular way of yeah. liturgy. And they'll say, a 17-year-old told me they liked it. Yep. A 17-year-old. Yep. Uh, the other 800 that were there didn't ha- take the time to, to f- give feedback, yep. but, um, but we're assuming that they are all in agreement with that one 17-year-old. Yeah. So we, we, you know, we're, not, you know, we're not doing the great listening that we probably need to be doing. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what it As a school event, you know, like the, okay. yeah. um, we have all these kids coming, and I think that, that, that one person is not an accurate indicator of, mm. of how people felt about it. Yep. Um, but I think in some cases we use that really small sample size yeah. to justify and hold on to going, well, remember, you know, remember we've got these really great traditions. Yes. And they're really speaking to that one person yeah. and so we should keep doing that. Yeah. I'm not saying we should stop, but I'm saying that, we, that listening requires listening to as many of those 800 as, yes. as are willing to give voice to their thoughts yeah. as opposed to just the ones that agree with us. Yeah. For me to, to make a comment on how the church can be vibrant, and we've said this in different ways now, it's, um, it requires our personal investment into it, our personal contribution into it, and sometimes it's unhelpful when a lot of ideas that are external and to not keep, um, to not keep the, the desire of what you want something to be an external thing count yourself among the people who can make that change. Mm. How is anything we've heard in this segment going to influence us as we live our life in faith in the coming days and weeks and between now and our next podcast? Oh, I think taking from today, I probably just try to be a little bit more conscious of what my response is going to be to pause, to pause for a moment. We can be so reactive in our daily lives. You know, and life is stressful and it's hard. So I'd probably try and pause a little bit or remind myself to do that. Yes. Yeah. Great one. Thanks, Kim. I really love the way the story you told of the um, of your relationship with the the Muslim woman as part of your work, and I really saw that as being a a great accompaniment. Yes. Um, And so I'm gonna. I think in my heart there are times when I I find myself wanting to help but doing things in such a way that probably feels like I don't have like I'm coming in without an understanding of who they are mm-hmm. and I'm going to I'm one of my challenges between now and the next time we sit down is to uh, to make sure that I'm I'm someone accompanying others on a journey and not and not dictating my mm. my journey mm-hmm. to others mm-hmm. yeah.
Thanks, Francis. It's funny how you mentioned accompaniment. I was going to mention something of that sort as uh, well. Yeah. But just the, uh, the balancing act, I suppose, just tying in with that thing of response, not responsibility. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I have um, I failed in my spirituality when I haven't accompanied everyone. <laughs> and I think I need to realize that I can't accompany mm-hmm. everyone and not everyone can accompany me. But in the times that I can, um, that I'm as present as I can be in those moments. Um, and when it doesn't work out, not to um, just to take that on the chin and not to wear it and say, oh, do I really believe what I believe? Or, you know, <laughs> can I really do what I what I say I believe in? Um, but yeah, just to not be so hard on myself in, in terms of accompaniment. Um, in any case, thank you so much, Kim and Francis, for another wonderful segment. Um, yeah, thanks for this opportunity to chat together. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Donnie. Thank you, Kim. For those of you tuning into today's segment, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, follow and subscribe on your preferred listening platform. Alternatively, visit the Fade Feeds website to stay up to date with our latest content. If something in this segment inspired a bit of your own curiosity and questions, we invite you to get in touch with us. All links will be provided in the description. See you next time.